Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God for our meditation this morning is our second lesson, 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 12. It's printed in your bulletin and already read. Dear salt of the earth and light of the world, something has been disappearing from our society, but it has happened so gradually that most people haven't really noticed it, and those who do have generally been either ignored or put down, and their motivations have been assumed to be bad. But this decline can be measured. It's real. And pretty much anyone who's lived more than 30 or 40 years can confirm it if they actually stop to think about it. It's the institutions of society. They are no longer what they were, and in some cases, they simply aren't there anymore. By institution, we mean something that formally joins people together in pursuit of a common purpose. It can be highly organized or very loosely structured. It can encompass thousands or millions of people or involve just two. The smallest, but probably the most important and fundamental for society, is the institution of marriage. And from that, the institution of the family. Beyond that, we have institutions that are organized for the good of a community or neighborhood, a nation, uh, even a community of nations. We have institutions for youth sports or education, institutions for business or economic cooperation, and and, and many more. The, The problem is that as our society has become increasingly individualistic and relativistic, the institutions which used to civilize youth, channel energy and emotion, balance competing interests, and just generally train and enable people to work together, (laughs) they have all been weakening, disintegrating, disconnecting people, leaving many to wonder if we can ever recover what we once had, or if we are doomed to just get more and more focused on individual identity and desires. An example of this problem is the political party system here in the U.S. Many people have remarked that they can't remember ever living in more partisan times If the reality is that the institutions of the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are weaker than they ever were. Yes, people still identify, often very energetically, as Republican or Democrat, but it used to be that the parties were moderating influences and disciplining powers within their parties. They they were concerned with making sure that their their politics and their politicians served the greater purposes of the parties. And the parties were strong enough to make sure that the candidates they put forth were those with the best chance of being elected rather than just those who, who best satisfied the identity politics of some particular group or just felt that it was their turn to run this year. 
and the parties were strong enough to recognize that achieving policy priority A might require compromising with the other party on policy B. And they made sure that everyone in the party worked together on it. Now, whether you say that things are better now or better, they were better in the past, it's hardly a radical position to say that this clearly isn't the way things are working in our political system anymore. What about the church as an institution? Next to the family, there is probably no institution that was more relied on in the past to bring people together and to try to make them better people, more moral, more caring, more patient, and more interested in in the bigger picture of helping society. But the church as an institution is clearly in decline. Not only are there fewer people going to church or belonging to congregations, but many of the churches that are left seem to be deliberately making themselves less and less relevant as institutions by shedding all the things that make Christians different, like truth and scripture and teachings about sin and grace and judgment and reward. Some in our society, of course, consider that a good thing. They would rather replace the church with new institutions centered around social justice, the environment, or or other concerns. But is the church just one institution among many, one that's interchangeable with others? Would it be missed as long as some other institution arose to take its place? Well, it would be, even if no one admitted it. Because the church is needed. It always has been, always will be. Needed by each individual Christian and needed by the entire world. It is unique, it is important, and its decline and many Christians' disinterest in it is a tragedy. Let's first remember that the church is an essential part of God's plan for the world and its salvation. We can't say that he needed the church, but he used it and still uses it. It's important to him. You see, God created us to be in fellowship. Fellowship with him and with each other. He created us to be fully in tune with each other, in a loving relationship, while still at the same time being unique individuals. Sadly, we only enjoyed this for a short time, until Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, and that perfect fellowship was lost. It is restored in a limited way for now, when believers are joined together in the body of Christ, in the holy Christian church. As part of the family of God, we are in fellowship with him and with all of our brothers and sisters in faith. And this loving fellowship that we have, enjoy, and belong to is is a priceless treasure. It's a blessing beyond compare. And Peter, in our reading, 
makes a start at explaining or, or describing it. You are a chosen people. It wasn't random chance that brought us to Christ or brought us together. God chose each of us and made us his own special people out of all of the people of the world. You are a royal priesthood. The church is not made up of an elite up here with God's favor and then just a whole big mass of nobodies who are dependent upon the elite. No. Every member, every baptized soul, every believer is equally valued and loved by God and equally able to approach the Father with every need, with every prayer, with every feeling of the heart. You are a holy nation. As the nation of Israel, as we heard about in Exodus earlier, as the nation of Israel was to be set apart from all the other nations by following God's commandments and keeping His covenant, so we in the church are even more set apart from the world. Because in Christ, we have been made holy. And because of Christ, we keep striving to be holy. This makes us very different. We are set apart from the sinful world. You are the people who are God's own possession. Why? So that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This institution that the Holy Spirit has brought us into through faith in Jesus has a purpose. A purpose that flows naturally and wonderfully from appreciation for all that he has done for us. We make together the confession, and we sing and shout together the words of, of worship and thanksgiving that only those he has redeemed can make. And then Peter reminds us, at one time you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. At one time you were not shown mercy, but now you have been shown mercy. This is what it's all about. At one time, you and I and all Christians were nothing before God. In fact, we were, we were even worse than nothing. We were a ragged, wretched, disconnected rabble of sinners, hostile to Him, inclined toward evil, and we were sinners through and through. The only thing that we deserved from God was the punishment of death and hell. Because as our Creator and Lord, God made demands of us, demands that we love and serve Him, that we love and serve our neighbor, demands that we worship only Him and keep ourselves holy just like Him. And we failed at every one of those. Meaning that heaven was eternally out of reach. But then... Then God showed us mercy. 
He did for us what we did not deserve. He saved us. He sent His only Son, Jesus, to fulfill every one of His demands in our place and to suffer the torment and the death that we had earned in our place on the cross. And God said, simply and clearly, whoever puts his or her trust in Christ and His work for salvation will have everything that He came to win and give to us. Forgiveness for every sin. Restoration and peace. Salvation from evil. Freedom from sin, death, and the devil. And eternal life in paradise. That is what every member of the Holy Christian Church has received. This is what we have because we have faith in Jesus. But like most of God's gifts to His people, these wonderful and glorious benefits of belonging to Christ's church are not things that we, we put on a shelf and, and save for later. This light that we have been given to shine is not something we hide it under a bushel. No. This is an identity and a membership that we take with us into our everyday lives, not just Sunday mornings, and take out into the world. It's not just an option. It's certainly not a hobby. You and I need to be the church. In the first place, we need this for ourselves. There are lots of people who say they want to follow Christ, but, but think that it's just fine to be some kind of Lone Ranger Christians. That never goes well. We are made and we are called to be together as the family of God. Within the fellowship of the church, our faith is nurtured and strengthened. Together as a congregation and synod, we do the work that God has called us to do. Work which none of us could accomplish on our own. And the church as our mother teaches, and guides, and even disciplines us to mature us each as Christians and simply to make us better people. And of course, because we love our brothers and sisters, we want to be the church in order to bring those benefits to each other too. And you know what the simplest way is? Just to show up. You encourage me, and I encourage you, and he encourages her, and they encourage them. Especially by coming here to worship but also by attending Bible classes and Sunday school, by helping with work days and being here for potlucks, parties, and presentations. We all know what it's like to show up for something and find no one's there. We also know what a boost to your spirits is it is to show up and see that everyone you care about has also come. And of course, as the church we can be stronger and more effective standing and working together 
then we can be apart. Whether it's making our public confession and and setting an example for the rest of Christ's people by doing so, or being able to financially support the ministry of our congregation so that everyone is served, whatever it is, we do this as individual believers who have been called together to fulfill the mission Jesus gave us. And a huge part of that mission is making a difference in the world. Peter reminds us that we no longer fit here in this world. We are aliens and temporary residents because our new home now is in heaven. But while we still live on this earth, we need to be the church for the benefit of those who are not yet part of it. We need to live our lives here in such a way, not only doing good, but also denying the evil that our sinful nature wants us and pushes us to commit. We need to live our lives here in such a way that that the others around us see that there is something different about us, something that makes them want to know more so that we can tell them about Jesus. And as he taught us in our gospel today, we are salt and light in this world. We are meant to be a good influence and to give a good flavor to society we live in, not be bland and fit in like everyone else. And our living for Christ and proclaiming his truth also acts as a preservative for our culture, keeping God's wrath and punishment at bay until all the world's time is up and he returns for the judgment. And Jesus told us why we as his people should let the light of our faith and his love shine in other people's presence so that they would say, or not so that they would say, man, that George, he's a really great guy. Wow, Holly, she is really holy. No, the point is so that others would say, Wow, what a great God and Savior they must have. That they live their lives like that and love us like they do. When Christ called us into His church, He called us to be His witnesses. And that means show and tell. We show unbelievers what Jesus is like with our lives. We tell them about God and His grace with our words. You know that the word church has all sorts of meanings in English. We've used a bunch of them just in this sermon. There's the Holy Christian Church we talk about that we confess in our creeds. We use church as a synonym for worship. You know, we go to church on Sunday. We use it to talk about a building like this. We use it to talk about a congregation, Christ Lutheran Church. We sometimes use it to talk about a a, a denomination or a faith tradition, the Roman Catholic Church. But Peter here reminds us what that word 
should really emphasize for us as New Testament believers in Jesus. The Greek word for church is ekklesia. That comes from the verb ekkaleo, which means literally to call out. So the church is those who have been called out. And what do you know? That's exactly what Peter says about us here. We are those who have been called out by God from darkness into light. From the darkness of a sin-sick, lost world into the light of Christ. The light that reveals all that we need for salvation. That reveals the path to heaven. That reveals all the joys that await us there. We are those who have been called out by God from the world and chosen, selected to be God's family. Called into this wonderful fellowship of faith. We are salt. We are light. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, the people who are God's own possession so that we may proclaim the praises of Him. And we are those who have been shown mercy so that we now can show that mercy of God to others and attract them. So that we can show with our lives that we are different because we have a great and gracious God that others want to know so that they can have what we have and be part of this wonderful fellowship too. That is who you are. That is what you and I do. So this is more than just an institution that we have and are members of. Don't just belong. Don't just attend. Brothers and sisters, be the church. Amen. Please rise. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.